0: We believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Dream Architect Life with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. How are you two? You guys look great.
0: Thanks, Eric. We appreciate that. You as well.
1: Yeah, glad to be back and appreciate that nice con- kind of comment. Well, I mean it's it's true. So and and here you guys look confident. How do you like Ooh. that transition?
0: <laughs> Oh, we couldn't have set that up better, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, Perfectly <laughs> totally
1: cheesy. Yeah. All right. So this is a, a this is kind of a continuation of what we spoke about on the last podcast, which is confidence is key. So I'm really excited to get into this.
0: Yeah. So we we went deep into the confidence topic last week and taught our last episode and talked about you know, how success and evidence of success can breed confidence and how sometimes just taking action and stepping into the things that you have some fear around can create monumental strides for your future. So today we'll pivot a little bit more into say the topic of risk and this is where I think things get a little bit interesting because if you look at characteristics of mentally strong people, and you could liken this to major champion athletes, you could liken this to highly successful entrepreneurs. You can take this to uh, business owners who have created massive success, maybe multi-generational. And then this person comes along and they've taken it light years further than anybody else. So there's a characteristic that tends to happen. And that's that they are not a, afraid of a little bit of risk. And when they see, again, going back to that evidence of success, that's where people start realizing that, Hey, I can do this and I can achieve the things I want. And, and really, when you look at some of the reason that people don't always achieve what they want, they don't have somebody to lay out a plan for them to show them what the path is to show them what potential risk they may encounter And that's where it ties back to kind of what we do with the dream architect and how we're putting things in front of clients and how we're showing them how their decisions can potentially impact their future and what they've deemed to be important. So I think that's a good kind of segue to open the door for today is showing that risk has to be taken any sort of risk. You've got to do something like along those lines to achieve anything greater than where you're at right now but then also having somebody in your corner that can kind of help you map that out. That's not everybody's strong suit. Yeah, and
2: I would say the one thing to add to what you said, Brittany, is if you don't have a plan, the risk is always gonna seem greater than reality. And that's the other good thing about mapping it out because it helps you realize, oh, that's really not as scary as I would have thought when you hadn't put any time and energy in it.
1: Yeah. I think that you can mitigate the risk at each step of the way, right? So you're speaking about somebody starting a business. Well, when you look at, okay, I'm going to start researching my area for a viable business opportunity. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to create. Are there other businesses like that in this area? There's no risk in looking at that. There's no risk in doing that kind of research. Okay. Now I'm going to look at the funding. There's no risk in that either. When you come to the risk of pulling the trigger on getting a loan or things like that, then you know, okay, well, there's, there's this risk, but if you've done a business plan and you've had somebody look through that business plan and it looks sound and successful, well, then that kind of mitigates that risk. So you can do that each step of the way by doing that planning, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. If you just jump
2: in and didn't do everything you just mentioned, you're probably going to have a, a failure on your hands. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. You know, and, and one thing I would add to is, I mean, you can look at, let, let's just kind of present in what the world is today. When you look at people being frozen from fear or maybe caught in a little bit of like the analysis paralysis or whatever that case is, a lot of times it's because they may not have some sort of plan in place. So they're letting the noise of the world can influence and impact where their attention is going And all of a sudden it's like, oh, the whole world's coming to an end. And Mm -hmm. should I be invested anymore? And should I, you know, change the path for my future? And should I make different decisions on what I have right now? And a lot of times it's because they haven't set in stone what it is they want to achieve or accomplish, what plan they want to have laid out and put in place. So again, it's, it's so many layers deep when you really think about mitigating your risk, I guess, evidence-based decisions you know, a lot of times, if you think back and Brian, you can speak on this way more eloquently than I can, but like the 0809 downturn, the people that got really, really nervous and scared and kind of let the noise of the world come into play are the ones who maybe made decisions that potentially negatively impacted their future. Whereas the ones that held steady, listened to logic, looked at more evidence-based approaches, that was a different scenario. And, and they're faring through what's going on now with a lot more, what's the word confidence, Mm -hmm. because they've seen that course in action. So again, they understand there's risk involved, but their mindset is in a place where they're going, okay, I can logically look at this because I have somebody in my corner who's looking at the ups and downs and everything in between. So I think there's a lot to be said there.
2: Yeah. And maybe to add to that, you never want emotions to drive decisions going back to your 0809 example uh, unfortunately i do know of a few people that 14 15 years later uh, still don't have the money they had prior to that because they got nervous and jumped out and then they never got back in or when they did get back in it's just not gotten to where if they just did nothing and they would have analyzed all the pros and cons instead of letting the motion take over uh, would have been so further ahead, and uh, that 's had you know its own uh,
1: negative consequences on you know what their retirement looks like mm-hmm. yeah that's a that 's a great point i 'm about to make an analogy about drooling. you ready? <laughs>
2: it's
0: well, let, me, let me
1: sit really <laughs> right down in my chair here then <laughs> then have you go. Just sit on back and, let 's do this so Pavlov Pavlov 's his experiment yeah. about a dog and and salivating when hearing a bell ring the bell give them food ring a bell give them food do that over and over again and the dog would salivate every time he heard the bell because he knew food was coming and i i I think here's where we tie this in i think that that's what what confidence brings us right when you have a track record of being successful and having that confidence you begin to salivate after more success you you begin to have the confidence and you you kind of drool if you will after another success, you, you, you eagerly await that because you have an opportunity and you've, you've done your research, you've done a little bit of planning and okay, I've got, I know what the risks are, but I know what the reward is. You begin to want that more and more where at the very beginning, the dog didn't drool at all because he just didn't know what was coming. But when you feel that success, that confidence, I think that really brings about that desire for more.
2: Yeah. I had no idea where you were going with that, Eric, but that actually turned out quite brilliant. Well, thank you. I try.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. You know, and, and I think it's so true because, and I even liken this to, let's just say that somebody is coming into retirement and they've done a great job at the accumulation phase of life, which basically means that financially based on what they want to accomplish and what they want to do, things are looking pretty good. What often happens, and Brian and I have talked about this on the podcast before, is that people tend to err on the side of caution. So it happens way more frequently in in at least what we've witnessed, where people actually spend less than they could for fear of the what ifs, the unknowns. So that's where this whole like calculated risk is so important because tying into what you're talking about with the dogs and the drooling and all that good stuff. Is that when people start doing things that they maybe didn't seem as possible? Again, maybe it's experiences that they're looking for for their for themselves or their family or some larger impact they're trying to make that might take some sort of financial dedication. When they start seeing. and and feeling really how great these things feel once they've done it and they've accomplished it. It's like, there's that little taste for more. And then people start leaning into possibility even more and leaning into fulfillment and what that means for them and kind of redefining it across the board. So I think that your, your analogy is actually perfect and so timely, and it's just one of the many ways that people can actually boost confidence when it comes to leaning into their future.
2: Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that's kind of human nature is we all tend to think we can accomplish so much more in a short time period. And that normally we we don't accomplish as much. But if you take the long period of time. So if you take like a person's retirement or from you know where they're at now for the rest of their lifetime, that's going to be a long period of time. So much more you can accomplish that we underestimate that very, very deeply. And that's truly, as Brittany said, we have to, we spend more time encouraging people to spend money than it is that you're overspending. It's, it's, I don't even know it so much more than, than that is uh, people, cause they're, they're short-term focused and they get worried and, and don't look at, well, this is something that's going to be over my lifetime. And, and so it's, uh, I really, uh, I would have never thought that over all the years when I was doing this, that that would actually be the biggest <laughs> thing we have to overcome is get people to actually do more for themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you know, Brian, you make me think, and I think it was it Dan Sullivan that, that said this, but it's people often overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10. So it, it goes back to like the whole 10 year overnight success Or the 20 year overnight success where people are like, oh my gosh, he came out of nowhere. That lucky guy, what an overnight success. And it's like, well, I've been building this for 25 years or whatever the number is. So again, it's like, it's one of those things where we, we don't know when our time is up. You don't know when your precious time on this earth is going to end. So you may as well lean into whatever it is you want to accomplish and make the most of it. Uh, So I I just think that's so important to embrace and pull out.
1: Brian, I've got a question for you. I, I would love for you to give me a couple examples. I know that you guys have helped a lot of people retire, but that's not the end of the story. And when it comes to taking a risk and when it comes to, like you said, spending some of the money and spending some of their capital, maybe, do you have a story where somebody has, maybe they were a successful business owner, or maybe they were just successful in their career in general. And then when retirement came, they decided to do something more meaning the second stage, right? Maybe it's a, a foundation or maybe it's starting an art gallery or starting a, maybe turning a hobby into a, a stream of income of some kind. I know that there's got to be people that are doing that because retirement can be boring if you don't have a plan.
2: Oh, retirement could get really boring, especially if you just had nothing to do, but watch Oprah reruns, you know, that <laughs> at, at some point they would all look the same, but no, there's probably several examples with that. And it's, it's, Interesting when you know to ask that question because we are always talking retiring from something to retiring to something, and it's really one of those things where you just need to plan for it. So, as far as like the financial part, um, you need to factor, well, it'll take me X amount to, to do things. And I think of a gentleman that had a very successful business and he loved, he loves to drive. He loves to camp and he loves to explore, you know, the country. So he bought himself uh, a beautiful motor home and travels all over the, the, the country. And if there are big disasters, he'll actually take the motor home down and kind of just live in that area and help out with all hmm. the disasters and he's done that several different times so he isn't home a lot but he's got his home and his nice motor coach and and that's been a you know one that pops into my mind where he's always been very philanthropic loved to help others but he actually gets to see the world he actually gets to drive he loves camping and so he gets to really do all of those in one activity which is owning a motorhome And so that one probably jumps out at me the most that fits all of those things. But when he was getting to the retirement and selling his business, we just built all those things into his plan. Mm -hmm. And so it isn't anything out of the ordinary, like going to dinner or buying a new car or going on vacation. That's technically his vacation, but then he just takes it to the next extent with you know if something's going on with somebody that had a a major disaster he they lo- he loves to be be helpful and has done that he was in the construction business so you know when a hurricane or something comes he's very very knowledgeable and knows a lot of people and you know brings a lot of other resources with him
1: that's fantastic and and i'm assuming that was part of the conversation right assessing what the risk would be and mitigating the risks to his overall retirement portfolio or however you guys framed it, knowing how often he can do this. If, if it's not this month, he's going to be able to do it the following month. I'm, I'm sure that that was part of the conversation. A hundred percent. And you can, you can do what if scenarios. Part of our planning
2: is um, if you did it this way, what's it look like? If you did it another way, uh, if I added this other component to it. And, and the whole part about planning is to never get to the point where you say, I wish I would have done this earlier because I probably would have done it differently. Mm -hmm. Well, that's part of the planning. Just put that scenario into play today, see what it looks like, see if it makes sense. Do you have to tweak it? Does it work? Does it not work? If it doesn't work, what do I need to do to make it work? And when you do that, I'm trying to think since we've been doing this type of planning, if anybody's actually had anything negative happen and I, I can't think of one off the top of my head because we've looked at all the variables. And so we we make better decisions that incorporate all the risks. And part of what we do from a planning standpoint, we run a thousand different what-if scenarios. So what the markets are doing, what they're doing today, we kind of know what that's going to do and what ramifications it'll have. And it's just so critical to give you which is the topic of the podcast, the confidence to make those steps to really go out in life and do what you really value and what you want to do, which would have make you feel good and leave an impact on the world.
1: Yeah. Brittany, I know that part of the, today's podcast, you actually wanted to give us some practical ways to build confidence. Can we do that now? Cause I think everybody could use some.
0: Let's do that right now. Right. Yeah, no. I, and, I think, Brian, it's actually the perfect segue talking about identifying the different risks and how things could impact and giving the example of the gentleman who bought the RV and and travels and doesn't just fulfill his dream of seeing the countryside, but is giving back. And that's where, you know, when you look at like tangible ways that you can build confidence, number one being getting to know yourself. And that ties back to the value conversation that we had recently, and that's that, You know, if you understand what's meaningful to you, if you understand what's impactful, what's fulfilling, all those things that can start to help build your confidence because you're getting to know who you are and what makes you tick versus who somebody else is or who maybe somebody you admire. And that's, you know, you think you'll pursue what they pursue, but in reality, it's not really fulfilling. You find out. So getting to know yourself, getting to know your values so that you can make decisions like the gentleman that Brian's talking about now. Second, obviously taking calculated risks. I mean, we've hammered on that one today, but it is so important. And, and especially when you look at growth and expansion as a human being able to kind of push yourself outside the box and, and really lean into what risk uh, calculated risk it can potentially do for your future. So then going into kind of the next, I guess we'll call it a little bit of a pivot, but the, the simple practice of self-care and this can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. It doesn't necessarily mean massages every week or you know, a pamper session or whatever. I mean, self-care can come in a lot of forms. It can come in choosing to read a book that fills your mind with positive things. It can be just simply taking a break and relaxing and let, letting your brain just kind of go at ease for a little bit. It can be being around people that just fill you up. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a form of self-care too. So if you're tying this back to what does self-care have to do with confidence, if you're not feeling like your best self, and I'm speaking as a guilty party here, if you're not feeling like your best self and you're not recharged and rejuvenated, it can be really hard to build confidence and to have that be something that is kind of coming naturally into your life. When you're feeling down, you're not feeling good. You're not fueled properly. You're not allowing yourself to take that, that moment of grace and rest it can really have a waterfall effect in a negative way for your mindset too. practicing saying no, Mm. that's another big one. And I think this gives a really (laughs) well-rounded approach. You know, when you think about, and actually I I just interviewed a gentleman, his name's Ross Bernstein, written, um, I don't even remember over 50 books on basically the biggest champions in sports, like really, really interesting guy. But basically we're talking about, freedom and talking about money and how that impacts freedom. And he's like, the bottom line is money gives you the freedom to say no. And I sat back and I'm like, he is so right. Like you think about, I tend to be an optimist. I'm thinking about money breeds opportunity and money breeds, you know, legacy and fulfillment. And I'm constantly looking forward and sometimes an annoying way into the future, but not always looking at how it can actually help me say no to things that I really, really don't want to do or really don't serve the greater purpose. So when you start to give those no's, and I know Brian, we've talked about this one a ton when you feel the freedom and you don't feel obligation to anything or anyone that's not serving your greater purpose, or your greater impact, it is a freeing feeling and it feels really good to be utter though, uttering those two little letters together, tied into one. It, it can be a really hard one for people to embrace, but it's so beneficial and monumental looking into the future and then finally, I think to put a bow on it again, you're looking at very tactical things you can put in place in your life to build confidence right now. And that is monitoring your progress towards your biggest goals and ambitions. And, you know, a lot of what Brian's talking about today and giving a couple different scenarios that he himself helped somebody go through a lot of that wouldn't have happened if they didn't have somebody like Brian in their corner saying, okay, let's keep pulse on this progress. Let's keep pulse on what's going uh, or what's going on and how this is going to carry forward and all of those different things. So having somebody in your court that can actually help you map the progress on your plan, it just creates much greater strides than if you're trying to go it alone or just kind of hoping that something clicks along the way.
1: Yeah, that accountability partner I think is key, and you've talked about that on previous podcasts as well as having somebody in your corner that can cheer you on, but at the same time maybe help you to tap the brakes a little bit too.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's so true, and and sometimes that redirection or that refocus, or even speaking out into the world. I, I mean, there's things that I'm like, I better not say this in front of Brian because if I say it, he's going to be like, "When are you going to do it? Did it happen yet?" <laughs> <laughs> Is it on the calendar? (laughs)
1: Yeah. So
0: again, it's, it's just making sure that you've got a plan and that you're looking at the progress. And I think it goes back to, we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but tracking your progress forward and where you're going and how far you've come versus looking at how far you have to go, or again, getting back into that comparison game between maybe how far somebody else has been able to go in a shorter Mm -hmm. period of time don't know their situation. You don't know the resources they have or don't have or the path they chose or what kind of came into play. So just keep your eyes on your own paper and look at your own progress and that can really help you.
2: Yeah. And I think just maybe my final comment on that is if you monitor progress and you've moved forward, ultimately it gives you confidence, which is what this podcast is all about. And the more confidence you have, the more
1: life brings you great things. Mm. Yeah. It just keeps building and, and, and so does your life. So that's great guys. Thank you so much for the podcast today. This is fantastic information and uh, I learned a lot and I appreciate that.
0: Well, we appreciate you, Eric.
1: Yeah. It's always fun to spend time with you. All right. Well, thank you. And of course our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the dream architect life podcast with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Brian and Brittany come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually helps other people find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Sweet Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you that possibility comes to those who create it. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners.